Welcome to the Harland Highway, ladies and gentlemen, and let me just get this out of the way real quick. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is our Happy Thanksgiving show. Oh, yes, we will be playing our annual Thanksgiving turkey song. Yes, we're actually going to be talking about turkeys. I had a sighting of some wild turkeys. We're going to talk about that. Uh, also, a crazy news story that is probably going to turn your stomach, might turn you off of eating any turkey during the holidays. It's, it's a little bit rough. It has to do with baby parts, if you can believe it. So get ready for the crazy news story. Also, speaking of eating, uh, I found out that I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. Wait, wait until you hear how I figured out I was lactose intolerant. Pretty, uh, pretty wild. And uh, also, uh, we're gonna take uh, some calls from the pavement pounders, discuss some uh, some hot topics, and then uh, our friend Rabbi Pappenheim is calling in apparently to wish us a happy Thanksgiving and talk about Thanksgiving and giving thanks for friends and family and. So we always look forward to talking to uh, Rabbi Pappenheim. It's going to be a great show where we celebrate you, the listener, and everything else. So put your helmet on. Here we go. This is the Harland Highway. I have an announcement. You are about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. So, who do I have to fuck to get off this phone? I can get you off. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, you're a cantaloupe. Shame, Big Daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself. Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're gonna get a shot in the mouth. Act like a man! What's the matter with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit, and you know it. Well, here we go. It's one of those moments in life where you find out you have a health issue. Don't you just love that? Everything's just going along great, and then suddenly you find out you have a health issue. Who needs it, right? So here's mine. Ugh, it's so annoying. So I just found out recently that I'm lactose intolerant. Have you heard of this? It's like you you, you can't handle any dairy products. And it was the most embarrassing way to find out I'm lactose intolerant. I was uh, I was on a little road trip, and I'm cruising down the road, and I got a beautiful lady by my side, and it's it the sun is shining, and you know we had the convertible top down, and we're just like going through the countryside, and I had no idea I was lactose intolerant, and as we we're cruising along. We passed a giant field filled with cows, right? Just grazing cattle and spontaneously for no reason whatsoever, 
I just started yelling profanities. I was like, fuck you, you fat pigs, assholes, you big fat mooers, up yours, you, you milk-producing whores. Fuck you, you, you grazing, grass-eating, milk-squirting fuckheads. And the girl I was just said, wow, you are really lactose intolerant. And I said, yeah, I had no idea. I don't know where that came from. It just came out of nowhere. So there I was, cursing and yelling at, at cows for no reason. Just total lactose intolerance. Oh, God. But cows have, don't cows have quite the life? Huh? Cows have quite the damn life, don't they, when you think about it? It's like, what do cows talk about when they get back to the barn at the end of the night, right? The end of the day. Oh, how was your day? Oh, it was pretty good, really. Oh, really? What you do all day? Well, let's see. I waddled out into the field in the morning, right? Okay, that's what I did. And uh, I basically ate all day. I ate and I ate and I ate and I just... What are you talking about? You ate the grass? Yeah, that's right. I ate the grass. That's what I was eating all day too. Yeah, it was bloody good. And then what'd you do? Well, then I think I took about 15 solid dumps all over the field. Oh, I took 18. I was counting. Well, you beat me by a few. Well, maybe tomorrow then, eh? Right. And then what you do? Well, after I ate all day and took 15 giant steaming dumps, right? Don't forget to mention global warming. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, then I waddled back to the barn. That's right, that's what I did too. And uh, I went in me stall, right? And uh, this goofy-looking guy, I think they call him the farmer. That's what they call him. Oh, he was wearing the overalls, didn't look very intelligent, right? Just started pulling on me tits for about three hours. That's what he did to me too, just tugging on me teats. That's right, just jacking me tits off for three hours. Felt bloody good. That's right, did you have a bunch of milk squirting out? Yeah, all kinds of milk. Filled a bucket or two, really. That's what I did. And then the fucking retard started drinking it. Started drinking your tip milk. That's right, guzzling it down. That's what he did to me, this stupid fuck. I know, a real twat, that one. I mean, what the hell? That's day after day, the cows. Just eating and crapping and getting their boobs pulled. And then somehow us humans, us intelligent humans, drink the breast milk. What the hell are we doing? Drinking, drinking other, hello, drinking other, hello, drinking other animals' breast milk. You don't see a, uh, a monkey sucking on the breast milk of a moose. You don't see a walrus uh, nibbling on the teat of a polar bear. You don't see other animals and mammals and creatures drinking other animals' booby milk. How did us humans get in on this? Kind of weird, man. Maybe, maybe some weird guy had a fetish. 
and just did it because he was like a weirdo and he kind of passed it on to his family when he's living out in the country there when they were pioneers and it just kind of spread. And now we all drink like uh, squished cow's booby juice without even thinking about it. It was like a multi-trillion dollar market of, of boob milk from a big fat dump-taken cow. So there you go. I'm uh, lactose intolerant. Up yours, you big fat milk squirters! <laughs> and speaking of uh, farm animals, uh, how about uh, the turkeys? So we got the Thanksgiving turkey. It's it's Thanksgiving coming up this uh, this week. The big day where we gather round with our friends and family. We give thanks. Um, so first of all, uh, happy Thanksgiving to all y'all. And one of the ways in which I give thanks to all you listeners, all you pavement pounders, is to say thank you for listening. Thank you for for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your involvement. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the people you've you've brought into the podcast and uh, mentioned it to. Some of you have donated uh, money on on the uh, website to the uh, to the funding of the podcast. All kinds of ways uh, I give thanks to all you listeners, regardless of uh, of how you're involved. It's just uh, it's great to know you're out there and that you're enjoying the show. And uh, and we give we give I give me and Roger everybody here at the Harland Highway give great uh, thanks. For having you, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you is what I'm trying to say. If you haven't figured it out, and speaking of turkeys, this is <laughs> this is a similar story. Um, recently, I really was driving. <laughs> you know, the first story was made up. I was not on a road trip driving through the country with a little lady. That was kind of part of the bit. But uh, I really was driving through the country. The other day, actually, with my cousin, we were uh, we got together to work on some songs, and uh, we're gonna have some new cousin songs for you guys in 2019. Some really cool ones. Uh, I think you're gonna like them. Uh, but anyways, we were driving through um, the country uh, recently, like just last week. And we were going through fields, and there was a field of cows. But in in with the cows, right near the fence by the by the this road, this kind of empty country road, was literally like a big flock of turkeys, wild turkeys. Like there was probably about twenty five turkeys, and it was interesting because you know. I think a lot of people think of turkeys like cows or horses or pigs that the only place you'll ever see a turkey is in a farm or in, in, a, in the fence at a farm. You know, you don't see cows running around wild in the forest. You, you don't really see horses. You, you still have some wild horses, but not a lot of people see those. You don't have, you don't have wild farmyard pigs. You have wild boars. And you have wild mountain goats and things like that. But the domestic version of of a lot of farm animals you never see out in the wild. And it's rare you'll ever see a chicken just running around or, a, you know, things like that. 
So um, probably what many people don't realize is that turkeys are a wild bird. You have your barnyard turkeys, of course, that are that are domesticated and kept in the confines of a farm. But there are a lot, a lot of wild turkeys out there that roam around and they, they're in little flocks and groups. They're kind of like pigeons or any other bird that flocks together. And so we drove by this field and there was like these, these great big turkeys and they're big birds. They're big, uh, big damn animals. And they were just out there like pecking through the grass. And it's just interesting because you kind of forget about the wild side of turkeys. We're so used to just seeing them in the supermarket and in the farmyard that you kind of forget. So for those of you that aren't aware of it, there are a lot of wild turkeys running around out there in nature. So if you're, uh, if you're feeling a little adventurous this year, and instead of like wandering into your local grocery store and just doing the old boring thing and plucking a frozen turkey out of a freezer, why don't you strap on some camouflage Put some face paint on, buy a bow and arrow or a crossbow and go crawl around in the forest on your stomach for three days and put an arrow through a big fat turkey, bring it home, hang it upside down, pluck it. That's right, I said pluck it. And uh, gut it and clean it and, and cook it up. Real old school style, hunter style. How about that to change it up? Instead of just grandma in the kitchen, you know, oh, we've got to defrost the turkey for 12 hours and then let's roast the giblets and let's... No, no, no. It's time to go caveman, baby. Crawl around on your belly and prowl through the woods for your dinner. Imagine if we had to do that every year. Holy God. You know how many people would be shot on Thanksgiving if the woods were full of, like, turkey hunters? Oh, my God. If every household in America wanted a turkey and they had to hunt for it, look out, Sally. But anyways, as a tradition every year uh, for Thanksgiving, we uh, we always play the uh, Thanksgiving turkey song. So we don't want to miss it this year. So uh, to remember all our friends and our family and our health and our happiness and everything in our life, that uh, that benefits us and pluses us and makes us a better people. Uh, let's take this moment to give thanks for uh, everything and and remember that everything is fleeting and and we're only here for a little bit and we give thanks for all the good things and the good times and the good people and the the good animals and the good. Everything good. We give thanks across the board. And so uh, to do that, let's play Raj. Hit it. Hit the Thanksgiving turkey song. Here we go. Happy Thanksgiving. Double, 
you go. The Thanksgiving turkey song. We play it every year. Isn't it fun? Just a little little way for us all to celebrate together and remember it. What? Oh! Hold on, hold on, everybody. Roger is signaling me through the glass booth there. Somebody... Oh, somebody's calling in to wish us a thank, happy Thanksgiving? Who is it? Oh, my God, Rabbi Pappenheim? Great. Okay, so uh, there's a member of the community here. Uh, he's a rabbi friend of mine, Rabbi Pappenheim. He works uh, down at a local synagogue. And a great guy. We get together now and then. And uh, he calls the show once in a while just to say howdy. And uh, so isn't this nice? He wants to wish uh, everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Great. Well, let's uh, let's put him on, Raj. Yeah. I love this. Uh, hello, Rabbi Pappenheim. Hi, hello, Holland. How are you today? Uh, hey, great, great, Rabbi. This is what a what a treat. So nice to hear from you. Well, you, you know, it's uh, Thanksgiving, Holland, and uh, you know, I thought uh, maybe I would uh, give you a call and uh, wish you uh, good tidings and uh, happy thanks for uh, you know you and your family and uh, everybody you know. Yeah, and all my listeners, of course. Yes, of course, all, all your listeners on the the Holland Highway podcast and. Uh, you know, we give thanks for everything, day in and day out. It's a wonderful life, Holland, and uh, we have so much to be grateful for. You know, you're so right, and, uh, you know, I'm just so happy that you called in uh, while we were talking about Thanksgiving. It's so nice to have a friend who who wants to share, and, and, and you know, I guess I should say I give thanks for your friendship. Absolutely, Alan. And I give you know thanks for your friendship and uh, to show uh, my thanks for the friendship. I was thinking uh, maybe uh, you know what in the upcoming weeks before the Hanukkah or the Christmas, uh, perhaps as a little uh, present, uh, you know, the Rabbi Pappenheim could uh, take you out for for some lunch. Oh my God! Really? That would be so so wonderful. Yes. Yes, I was thinking. Uh, you know, we could go over to the food court at the mall there, Holland, and uh, you know, we could get the they've got the Panda Express. They got the the New York fries. Oh yeah, they got all the 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 good uh, uh, like food court foods. Uh, they have like the Edo, which is the you know the Japanese. They chop up the the chicken and the shrimp and they put it on a bed of rice with the teriyaki. Island. Oh yeah, I like that stuff. And also uh, what they have, which is the place I like to go, and perhaps you'll uh, permit me if uh, maybe I could buy you uh, what you wanna say. What they uh, call the, uh, how they say, uh, what they want to call the, uh, how you say, uh, the, the Vetzel's Vetzel's Holland. What, 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 what was that, Rabbi? The, the, the Vetzel's, uh, what you want to call it, the Pretzel's. Oh, right, yes, vet, Vetzel's, Vetzel's Pretzel's. Uh, I know that's one of your favorite spots, and if, if that's what you want to do... I am down. Oh, well, isn't that fun? Well, we'll, we'll go for the vetchels. Uh, how you want to call it? The pretzels? 
and we'll talk about things. And how will you be spending your Thanksgiving, Holland? Well, I'm going to be spending it uh, right here, you know, in Hollywood, surrounded by all the Hollywood fanfare. And I, th I think they do like a, a Thanksgiving Day parade and a bunch of celebrities are in it. And Oh, I love the celebrities, Holland. Who should they have on a Thanksgiving Day parade uh, down in Hollywood this year? Well, I think the, the Grand Marshal of the parade is is going to be, uh, I read it was going to be Bette Midler. I'm sorry, what did you say? Uh, Bette Milder, Rabbi. What, what Bette? Bette on Hitler? No, what? I, I heard you say Bette on Hitler. No, I didn't, I didn't say, no, I said Bette Midler. Who, what, why would you say Bette on Hitler? Who, 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 who is this guy here? No, 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 Rabbi, I said the Grand Marshal is... I know who you... The Grand Marshal? You, you're going to use that terminology on me now? Oh, suddenly Adolf Hitler's a Grand Marshal? No, no, I said Bette Midler is the Grand Marshal of the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Why would I offer to take you to the, the food court for the vetzels? Uh, what you want to say? Uh, you want to call it the pretzels? And... Suddenly you're telling me to uh, bet on Hitler? No, I did not say bet on Hitler. That Why would I say that? Well, that's what I want. I'm not a betting man. I'm a rabbi. I can't... Betting is not part of what we do. It's, it's sacrilegious. And not only are you asking me to bet, but you're asking me to bet on uh, Hitler? Who, 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 who is this guy here? Just, uh, Rab Rabbi Pappenheim, please, I need you to slow down. I would never, ever say something like that. I think you're mishearing me, Rabbi. I, a lot of times when we talk, you... Uh, you no, I heard you say that you got all the celebrities all over Hollywood, and, and right under the gate, instead of naming a celebrity, you tell me to bet on Hitler? I mean, who... Why, who, why, who what, uh, who, is, uh, who is this guy here? Who is this guy? No, I did not say Bette Miller. I was talking about a bunch of celebrities. Oh, really? And you go right there. Who else? In this case, who else is the celebrity? Well, there's other ones. There's like Ben Stiller. What? Did Ben on Hitler? No, I said Ben Stiller, Rabbi. Here we going? Oh, my God. I, they, twice he tells me. First, it's bet on Hitler. I say, who's another celebrity? He says, bet on Hitler again. What am I, at the horse races for the Nazis? Uh, I said, Ben Stiller, Rabbi. Oh, here we go. Who, who is this guy here? I offered to take you to uh, Vetzel's uh, Pretzels, and you, you ask me to double down on Adolf Hitler? I mean, who's this guy? R Rabbi, we got to slow this down. There is no way that the, 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 I, I am saying... No, I heard what you're saying, and you know what? I'm recanting my offer to take you to uh, what you want to say, uh, how you want to call it, uh, uh, what you want to say, uh... Vetzel's Pretzels? Uh, but let me say it. Uh, Vetzel's uh, Pretzels? Yeah. Rabbi, listen. No, you listen to me. I was going to take you out. I called to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and you tell me to go to a horse place and bet on Hitler? 
You know about happy fuck yous giving? How about that? Up yours with the hubba hose. Go to straight to hell, you unbelievable. Who is this guy? Fuck me. Whoa, what? Roger, Roger, you heard me. I said Ben Midler and Ben Stiller. And I, this guy is, he's got Hitler. God. The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. All right, here we go. It's Thanksgiving. We got we to give thanks for all the crazy people in the world, right? So I thought it might be a good time to do a, uh, a crazy news story. So here's what we got. Check it out. Talk about uh, Thanksgiving treats. Here's the headline. Moms are wearing babies' umbilical cords as jewelry. Oh, God. Here we go. If it wasn't enough getting rid of the gluten and the sugar and being a vegan and all the rest of it, now now we're wearing babies' umbilical cords. Oh, my God. Here's the story. Cut that out, it says. Doting moms are so attached to their newborn babies that they're holding onto their children's umbilical stumps as keepsakes and turning them into jewelry. Ooh. I did not want to hear the term umbilical stump. Ugh. The stump is the part of the umbilical cord that stays on the child's stomach after the cord is cut if it falls off naturally within 7 to 21 days. So in other words, can we just say it's like a giant scab? Ugh, just come on. And then there's a picture here. Um, from someone's Instagram feed where they've basically, like, glazed the umbilical stump and uh, put a chain into it and made a necklace. And here's the Instagram. This lady writes, beneath the picture of the glazed umbilical... It, look, it looks, like a, looks like a cinnamon bun that's gone bad. Uh, It says, this amazing necklace was one of the early keepsake pieces I created. It's an actual umbilical cord that was dried in a coil and made into this necklace. Fast forward many years later, it's back in my studio along with two more cords from two more babies that joined her family. And this single pendant is going to be a serious statement necklace with all three cords in one piece. Great. So now people are going to start having babies as a source of income. You know, our uh, inventory in the old uh, jewelry store is a little low. We better crank out some uh, octuplets. Yeah, let's pump out as many babies as we can. And while we're at it, uh, their scalps look pretty interesting. What about baby wigs? And what about their bones? Why don't we make some, uh, we could probably make some great bracelets with those little baby bones. They're so darling. Jeez. This lady, Ruth Avra, a jewelry designer based in Florida, where else, was inspired to make umbilical stump hobbies, hobbles, no, umbilical stump baubles. Oh, my God. 
You know, I, I thought I could, you know, I, I couldn't bear to hear just the term um, um, umbilical stump. And now they just added a word, umbilical stump bobbles. Okay? So what, am I going to go to a baseball game one day and it's going to be umbilical stump bobblehead day? Be baseball players with the, instead of their heads bobbling, their umbilical cords bobble? She said, I put both stumps next to each other on the table, lightning bolt struck, and I had a plan. Yeah, I'll bet a lightning bolt struck and kind of, did you get a major concussion or something? Like, and by the way, does it strike you as weird that she had both the stumps sitting on the table before she had any idea to do jewelry? Let me read this again. I put both stumps next to each other on the table. So why did she do that? And then, boom, lightning struck, and I had a plan. So in other words, she set them out on the table like knives and forks or dinner plates or chess pieces. For whatever reason, she was holding on to umbilical stumps. Put them on the table where you, um, you know, I'm guessing you eat your food off of. And just sitting there staring into the eyes of the umbilical stumps. Oh my God, this would look great hanging right on my cleavage. Honey, when's the next uh, highfalutin uh, black tie affair? I can't wait to put on my evening gown and uh, walk through the front doors of the gala event with a burnt chunk of our child's belly button hanging on my open chest. What the hell is going on? So after she made the stump into a necklace, she decided to do the same for other mothers wanting to hold on to their child's umbilical cord forever. Now now there's another picture of a umbilical cord stump bobble or whatever the hell. And this one, she took like a heart... She, she made a silver heart or pewter heart and glazed the umbilical stump and put it inside the heart. And I'm telling you, this thing looks disgusting. I'm not against babies. I'm not against uh, sentimental things. I'm not a, a, about motherly, uh, you know, nurturing and, and connecting to your child. But this is just, it, it looks horrible. It looks like a cancer tumor beside an egg yolk is what it looks like. I'm describing what I'm seeing here. It is it is foul. No disrespect to your creativity and, and your longing to... You ever think about just picking your child up and cuddling it? You ever think about cradling it in your arms and singing it a lullaby? Do you need to, do you need to put its rotten flesh in a necklace? What the hell? I mean, do you want to attract zombies? This like That's like putting a fishing lure in the water it's like you, you put a a dead piece of baby meat on your cleavage and you're you're just asking to be eaten by the walking dead <laughs> umbilical stomp must eat umbilical stomp here she, she has the gall to write underneath it this beauty is on its way home i love how the stump came out two-toned and it just fits that heart shape so well. Yeah, two-toned, melanoma and egg yolk. It's black and yellow, 
and it doesn't fit the heart shape well. It looks like a big clump, like a brain tumor, and a spilled-over egg yolk. It's This girl is dreaming, man. Ugh. The silver pieces made a process called lost wax casting. It costs just under $200 and can be purchased at her website. Here, here's the catcher. Oh, here's, here's the big selling thing. No two stumps are alike. And the shape of each piece is entirely determined by the shape of the cord stump. Yeah, okay, human flesh does not rot conformly, okay? When human flesh and tissue rots and ferments and gets petrified, it it dries up like an old piece of fruit or bacon. It's not gonna it's not gonna take a consistent shape. Ay ay ay. I I wonder if this lady's just looking for some money, man. Here she 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 goes on and she says it represents the connection between mother and child because it's literally the physical connection that's be- that that is between you. She said once the stump falls off, the necklace is a symbolic way of commemorating the bond. Oh yeah yeah. I mean, what's next? A uh, a ring with uh with Junior's first poo on it? Oh my God, that's a beautiful stone on your ring. What is it? Um, that's Melvin's first shit. Okay, um, I'm not even gonna ask what that necklace is made of. Um, I mean, this is just, this is ugly stuff. And I like art. I appreciate artists, but this, this is a reach, people. This is just not pretty. Here's here's another post on her Instagram. It's a, it's a heart with a moonstone next to it or something. Loving how this umbil- umbilical stump necklace came out, complete with a raw aquamar- aquamarine baby's birthstone and the baby's initials. You know what? Aquamarines are beautiful, and you put it beside a burnt umbilical stump and you're not, you just lose the whole effect. <sighs> now it goes on to say that this lady's company isn't the only place making jewelry from often overlooked and discarded stumps. Speckled milk makes a sterling silver umbilical stump ring that goes for $80. Oh, God, I knew it. Here we go. The company also makes jewelry from breast milk, hair, placenta, wedding veils, as well as pet and human ashes. Oh, my God. I mean, I I knew it. I knew this was coming. You know, I, I joked about having the, you know, Junior's first turd ring. Yeah, I bet that ain't far off. Yeah, how about a baby's piss diaper uh, earrings? How about those? Oh, God. I can't tell if this is, like, legit, like someone really just loves their baby so much that they they just want this. Can, or is it just a cheap way of going, how can I make money on the Internet? What can I do that nobody else has done? Oh, yeah, glaze baby's turds. Glaze babies' cords. 
Oh, God. All right. Well, I'm going to go out and, uh, you know, buy uh, a lucky baby's foot and put it on my key ring. How, the, how about that? <laughs> right? Who needs, a, who needs a rabbit's foot anymore when I can get a lucky baby's foot? dried and, and hanging on my keychain. That's what I'm I'm gonna start that company right there. So if you see a bunch of one footed babies wandering around in circles, that's me. Alright, uh that's it. Crazy news story. Doesn't get any worse. And uh God Terrible. Hello? Hello? Hey Harland it's the guy that called you about the uh, slightly overweight, beautiful mannequins in the uh, Target store. Anyway, now I I uh, wanted to say why I was a little uh, apprehensive. Um, you know, I uh, was outside of my work when I called you. I'd go to Target on my lunch break sometimes and grab a tea or whatever, something. And, uh, yeah, it is kind of sad that I would have to be so, you know, worried about what somebody's going to do. But I've gotten in trouble before. Apparently, I, I guess, I don't know if you know this term, but I triggered somebody at work one time because I was having a discussion with a totally different person. And I didn't know, but the other person went upstairs to, uh, you know, Mr. Featherstone or, you know, our our boss and I got a good talking to and I got yelled at and all this stuff. And uh by by the other guy, not the boss. The boss didn't yell. But anyway, um yeah, I mean it's funny, you know, you you are a little worried about things being uh traced back to you somehow. Somebody misunderstands you and they're offended and it's like you never know what people are gonna do. They're gonna get to these violent levels of like, you know, these violent responses of like, how dare you say that kind of stuff? And then, yeah, you're right. It is sad that people kind of got to be, you know, a little scared about what they say. They can't just speak their minds anymore. And it's like, it's annoying that I did that, but I was outside my work and yeah, that happened to me. It literally happened to me where I got in trouble for saying something that somebody didn't like. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that was a, that was a good discussion you had there, and uh, yeah, I do have something to say about the uh, flashing the headlights thing. I don't know how long this is going to record, but what is the deal? Why would you flash somebody who's speeding? I mean, they're they're breaking the law. Shouldn't they get caught? I don't know. I'm just giving you that perspective because some people might not like people speeding through their neighborhood. Anyway, I'd let him get caught, but, you know. All right. Chicken chow mein, dude. Well, there's a pavement pounder. We we had him call earlier, and, uh, you know, I called him out for being so, uh, you know, apologetic for speaking and, uh, and uh, kind of... Uh, watching his words and uh, being overly cautious and uh, worried of what people were going to think. And so he called back and relayed a story about how he really was called out uh, at his place of work. 
And uh, it's, it's, you know, the reality is it's something we have to worry about, but it's a reality that we shouldn't have to worry about. And the only way to kind of beat it is to, you know, not let, let people uh, bully you into thinking things you say are bad or wrong. You know, everyone's sensitive about everything. You could, you could pick any topic and somebody somewhere might be sensitive about it. And uh, we can't just walk around being word police and censoring ourselves and, uh, you know, not expressing ourselves. Now, if you jump up and down and yell racist things or you are you are like outwardly aggressive and, and say really mean, horrible things about a person's religion or the if they're mentally challenged or something, but if you're just making a general comment or expressing yourself in a, in a, you know, a regular way, that's not an area where we should start walking around feeling like we're being outrageous. And I think that's what's happening. Stuff that used to just pass. Oh, there he goes again. Making that comment has now become akin to like making a racist comment or, uh, you know, a, a vile, horrible comment about something, you know? So, we got to watch it. We got to, we got to, you know, sometimes you got to call the people out who call you out and say, hey, man, chill out. You know, I'm, I'm not letting you twist what I said to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, meet your agenda. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to put your meaning on my words. Okay. And, uh, and so uh, we got to be real careful of all that because it's going to change us into a society where nobody uh, will express themselves or nobody will communicate or share ideas or thoughts or, you know, and we definitely don't want that, do we? Um, so just just word to the wise, keep it civil, but at the same time, uh, don't become, uh, you know, don't let the world become, uh, don't let America become like communism uh, where we're not allowed to talk. And also on, on the note about the, um, what you were saying about the flash in the headlights, uh, you have a good point, you know. I, I was saying, you know, in a, in a previous podcast, you flash your, your headlights to warn people that there's a, a cop waiting up the road with a speed trap, Right. And so this uh, pavement pounder says, "Well, uh, why would you want to? Uh, why would you want to tip someone off who's breaking the law? Why would you want to tip someone off who's speeding through your neighborhood?" Well, you know, I hate to say it, but there's there's a real difference in my mind between speeding and speeding. Okay, if you're going through a 45 zone at 55, or you're going down the highway at 80 when you're supposed to be at 65. You know, that's like marginal speeding. My idea of speeding is someone like 50 miles over the limit. When you see someone just, you know, wailing through the surface streets at 60 or 70 miles an hour or wailing down the highway at 90 or 100, okay? That's speeding, all right? And, you know, when everybody is kind of speeding through a surface street, because we all do. Nobody goes 25. Nobody goes 35. Everyone goes 10, 15 miles an hour faster, 20 miles an hour faster. Okay? And everybody does it. 
that's why I flash the, the lights and give the warning because it's not like every now and then you see some radical speeding 20 miles over the limit. Oh my God, who is that? Who is that rebel? So it's not like I'm trying to single out one bad dude or one bad girl who's breaking the speeding laws. I mean, it's it's everyone, and you know how it works. You, when you get pulled over by a cop, a lot of times you get pulled over and all the people driving around you are going the exact same speed. So you're all speeding, but the cop just decides to single you out. You're the unlucky one, right? And so... That's why I kind of like the whole flashing the lights thing because it's like, really, you know, it's not like we're, we're uh, going Indy 500 speeds through your neighborhood. Hopefully those are the guys they catch. But everyone else, it's like, come on. You don't deserve a ticket for that. We've all been a victim of that. Uh, are you aware that you were going uh, 12 miles an hour over the limit? Oh, gee, really? Okay, I guess give me a ticket for $400. Sorry. Hope glad I didn't hit a deer or anything, you know. So, anyways, that's why I think the flashing the lights thing is good because you're giving people that are are marginally speeding a break. You're tipping them off, saving them from the uh, chance that they might get a very expensive ticket for for doing something that they might not even be aware of. You know, casual speeders usually don't even realize they're going over the speed limit. They're they're just kind of driving at what seems to be the uh, acceptable speed. They're not maliciously speeding. They're just kind of cruising through the streets like, okay, I get it. I'm in a neighborhood. I, I can't be going too fast. I'll, I'll just kind of cruise. And you don't, you rarely look at your speedometer. You just kind of respectfully go a little slower in neighborhoods and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So that's why I think it's cool if people flash each other uh, and warn them of the speed traps. Um, so, Hey man, keep it, uh, keep it uh, cool. Keep it, uh, you know, keep your, your, your speeding, your excessive speeding, uh, low. You don't want to hurt anybody, but like I said, don't, don't police yourself with your language and expressing yourself. This, that's one of the things we give thanks for on Thanksgiving in America. It's probably one of the top things we give thanks for is our freedom. Our freedom to express ourselves, to talk, to communicate, and it's not always what everyone wants to hear, but the good news is we're allowed to do it, and I don't want us to be in a world where we're not allowed to do it, because then uh, that I think that just leads to worse things. So give thanks for your freedom, your freedom of speech, your ability to uh, say what you want, and uh, we'll end there on Thanksgiving Day. Raj, why don't we why don't we play the, the Thanksgiving turkey song here as we as we go out? Hit it. Yeah, there we go. And I'll do some uh, some announcements here. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, no more stand-up shows uh, for the season. I'm done for 2018. I will be posting uh, the 2019 schedule on my website probably uh near the end of December just to give you a heads up and uh, be doing some fresh uh, shows in the new year have lots of fun lots of laughs Um, so thank you to everyone who uh, came out to my stand-up shows in 2018 glad to put a smile on your face we all had a great time and uh, very cool look forward to more 
Um, don't forget, if you're at harlowwilliams.com, the holidays are coming up, and we have a, a web store there with lots of cool uh, items. We have uh, comedy specials and T-shirts, co- funny T-shirts and digital downloads and DVDs and all kinds of stuff. So uh, if you want to make sure you get your presents on time, you should uh, get in there and uh, make your orders early so that uh, you don't uh, you don't miss the boat on your Harland Highway uh, gifts. And also while you're on the Harland Highway, you can uh, write to me if you want to leave me a, an email or you can uh, leave me a voice message like our last pavement pounder did. Um, the phone number is on the website to call in. And what else? Uh, don't forget to become a premium member if you want to hear every show we've ever done. Only $20. And uh, that's for the whole year. You get to hear every single thing. And you get to uh, you get to hear things ahead of everyone else. For example, uh, we just played the new title sequence yesterday for the, the premium members. They got to hear it. Ahead of the rest of you, the rest of you will be hearing the new title sequence for the first show of December as an early Christmas present. Brand new opening title sequence for the Harland Highway. Uh, And that's it, man. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Give thanks for all you have and uh, for those all around you and things in the future and things you've had in the past. And from me to you... Uh, all the gang here at the Harlan Highway, a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Again, I give thanks for all of you. So there you go. That's it. And until next time, turkey chow mein. Baby. Double, 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 double,